This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we are on a series on fight the good fight of faith. And how many people have been walking this walk for a while and realize that we're going to encounter some setbacks, some storms at times in our Christian walk. Amen? Amen. And we're going to have to learn, look at your name and say, learn to fight. And we're going to have to learn to fight. And it's a good fight. Amen? Why is it a good fight? Because I read the end of the Bible. Anybody ever read the, the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation? It says that we win. Amen? So it may look like in your arena... It may look like you might be losing in some areas of your life, but really just hang on, hold tight, you're winning. See, it looked like Jesus was losing when he was on the cross, but you know, the third day he came out of the tomb with a resurrected body. Amen? Glory to God. And I'm telling you, your third day is coming soon, glory to God. You might be in your plight, you might be dealing with stuff, but fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Uh, our, our, our scripture here is 1 Timothy 6.12. This is Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul is a faith fighter. We know Jesus is a faith fighter. And Apostle Paul fought the good fight of faith wherever he went. He was always encountering problems. But he, he said that the problems that he encountered, he said, none of these things move me. And I'm going to say this, if you're going to walk in faith, you can't be moved by the slightest setback. Am I preaching to anybody today? You can't be moved by opposition that tries to come against you at times. Amen. And he says, and he says here in 1 Timothy 6, 12, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we see here, uh, fighting the good fight has two components that's attached to it. One is laying hold, and the other is confessing a good confession. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm going to say this, it's easier to speak negative than positive. It's easier to speak the circumstances instead of the promises. But you need to start speaking the promises. But this is what I want to focus on. It says, lay hold on eternal life. So you got to, you, you know, this, this life that we live in Christ, Jesus promised us abundant life. But not everybody's going to be walking in that abundance of life. You're going to have to lay hold of abundant life. Can I get a witness in the, in the house today? So, so you're going to have to lay hold of, and the title of my sermon, Lay Hold of Healing. And see, we're not, we're not the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed, and the enemy's trying to make some of us sick. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And I like this because God's perfect will, my, my first point is, God's perfect will is for you to walk in divine health. That's the highest bar. We know that it's God's will for us to walk in divine health because of Jesus' uh, prayer that he taught his disciples. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, he says in, in Matthew 6, 9, and 10, he says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven... 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when you, when you look at this, this prayer, you have to think about what is it like in heaven. Can I, what do you think it's like in heaven? Well, everybody's blessed in heaven. Everybody's healed in heaven. Heaven is a prosperous place. Streets of gold, pearly gates. Everybody's wealthy in heaven. So, so Jesus said, pray down here, amen, that it will be, be like, down here like on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants an exact copy of heaven to be down here. That's the reason why you're saved, amen? Because, because, because God saved you, brought you out of darkness and, and the world of corruption into God's marvelous light. He transferred you out of that, why? So that, so that you can be walking like, like heaven on earth. Amen. And so, so, we, so we, Jesus prayed that it would be, it's not like that right now, but it soon will be. I'm telling you, it's, you know, Jesus is going to be coming back to set up his earthly kingdom. We're going to be coming back with him. And it's going to be like heaven on earth. Right now, we're, we live in a perverted world. The world is perverted. There's a lot of perversion in this world. There's a lot of things happening that God never intended for ha- to happen. Amen? And so we know that God, God's will for us to walk in health is because of that prayer. You must see yourselves... As, as, as healed before you get healed. You must get, you must get a picture of yourself as being healed before you get healed. See, whenever you get a doctor's report or whenever you get a symptom, the, uh, the doctor's report will paint a picture. And normally, if it's a bad doctor's report, it will paint a bad picture, a bad vision of what the, de- what the doctor's saying. I was about to say what the devil's saying, but what the doctor is saying to you. Amen? And, and sometimes we get prepared, like the doctor says, well, you got six months to live. It's a terminal illness. Then you start seeing a casket. Right? You start getting pre- prepared for death. But, 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 you know, you've got to change the way you see things. You can't allow the doctor's report or the symptoms to get you focused on looking at that. No, you've got you to see yourself resurrected. Amen. Jesus saw himself resurrected before he went to the cross. Jesus said, I will rise three days after I've been crucified. Jesus was telling his disciples that. He was, he, Jesus wasn't so focused on the cross. He was focused on his resurrection. And we need to be focused on not the cross of this life, but the resurrection life that Jesus paid for. Now, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible pertaining to faith is Hebrews 11, 1 and 3. Talking about getting a, a vision of, of, of healing in your life. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's what you're believing, but you haven't seen it yet. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Faith, it brings into substance what you're believing God for. So faith brings, brings in substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders attained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed 
by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So, so what, what is he saying? He's saying that, that, that even though there's natural things that we're dealing with, even in our bodies, I'm going to say this, that the eternal things, which is the word of God that never passes away, will change the seen things in today's reality. So, so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that, 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 that God in his faith spoke the world into existence. He saw the world before he actually created the world. And then his faith creates all things. And I'm telling you, your faith can create your reality in your life. In other words, your faith in God's word. God's word is true no matter what it looks like. And we got to get a revelation that we got to get a vision of being healed. Amen. I remember listening to one lady that had, uh, uh, she had a problem with, I think, her, uh, one of her organs and uh, Charles Capps' wife. And they were really faith, you know, Charles Capps was a faith minister. And, uh, and, and so she had to get uh, a transplant, an organ transplant. And she was believing God for healing. And she would take pictures, and she wasn't looking good. She was looking sick. She would take pictures of when she was healthy, and she would look at those pictures. Amen? And then she ended up get, getting that, that organ transplant, and, she got, and, and with that organ transplant and faith, God was able to bring her back to what that picture looked like. Amen. So you got to get a picture. you got to get a vision uh, of being healed. Uh, uh, we know this, that, that, that God gave Moses a name when, when, when Moses encountered God with a burning bush. You remember that? And there was a burning bush. And some of us, what I'm saying to you this morning, some of you need a burning bush experience. You need a revelation from God. Some of you, the reason why you're not as excited as I am, because you haven't gotten that, rev, that burning bush experience. What is that burning bush experience? It's that aha moment when you hear the word of God and say, oh, I got it. And when you get it, you have it. Amen. Some of us need to be seeking God in that you need to get a fresh vision. You know, stop looking at your life what it is today and get a fresh vision of where God wants you to be. And he wants you to be whole. He wants you to be sound. He wants you to be delivered. You know, we were singing a song and that song said, you know, Lord, break my heart for what breaks your heart. You know what breaks God's heart? What breaks God's heart is is humanity being broken. He wants a whole humanity. We know this, and we're going to state this out, that Jesus couldn't go anywhere without healing somebody, without setting somebody free. Why? Because God wants a healed, whole humanity. Amen. And so one of God's covenant names was when he spoke to Moses, and Moses said, who should I say? Called me to tell the Israelites that I'm setting you free. He said, tell them that I am that I am. And what is that saying? God is the I am of who you need him to be. And it's all in his covenant names. And one of his covenant name is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Don't just take God as your savior. Take him as your healer. Can I get a witness now? I want God's not just my savior. He's my healer. 
You know, salvation denotes more than just being saved from hell. Salvation means wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, and eternal life. It's all wrapped up in that word salvation. Wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection. Can I add one more in there? Prosperity and eternal life. Amen. How many people believe that God wants you blessed? Amen. I, I would ho- I hope I have some hands out here. And we don't serve a poor God. Amen. We, we serve Jehovah Jireh, the, the God that is our provider. We serve the God that he's not, he's El Shaddai, not El Chipo, glory to God. Amen. He's, he's the God of more than enough. Amen. And healing is not just a promise uh, uh, that we stand on. It's an established fact in the mind of God. And we just need to learn to receive it. We need to learn to receive it. You know, I can't preach on healing without going to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, this is a messianic scripture talking about our Savior, Jesus. And it says here, surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, when you read this, I love the last part. By his stripes, we are healed. Not that we're trying to get healed. We are healed. So in God's mind, it's an established fact, glory to God. But, but if you read it in the Amplified, I like the Amplified. And the Amplified, you know, brings it out a little bit more because, uh, you know, in the Hebrew, it's translated from the Hebrew. And there's more meanings in the Hebrew than in the English language. So they put, you know, one meaning behind it. They said, bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. But really in the Hebrew, it's not just griefs only, which is good. You know, uh, we shouldn't be sad people, hallelujah. We should be happy people. And we shouldn't be in sorrow. We should be uh, in joy. But, but also, it, 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 it denotes also sicknesses and weaknesses. Let me read this. It's in the Amplified, it says, Surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. So he bore our sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted by God, as if it was leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Think about that. He might be sitting here today and say, well, I'm not whole. I, I, I see this. Yeah, but, but you're in a process of becoming whole. Oh, I'm preaching today. You see, faith is not, it's something that, that, that you know, faith is something that we, we, we walk by faith. We live by faith. Faith is a process of living. And we're in a process of becoming more whole. Any broken people out in the audience today? Any people that, that are, are, are becoming more whole? I mean, there's some areas in your life that's not perfect yet. Amen. Somebody said a lot. 
Amen, brother. And so I'll be having a repentance prayer up here at the end of the service. But, 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 but we're all going through stuff, are we not? So we all are in a process. Look at your name and say, you are in a process. And we're in a process of God's word working in us. Amen. Uh, Peter is looking back at the cross and, and, and he's confirming del- deliverance from sin and sickness. You know, you know, you're delivered that Jesus paid the price so that you can be delivered from sin and sickness. Can I get a witness now today? And in 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Amen. And so, you know, uh, it's not talking about when you get to heaven you're going to be healed. He's talking about in, in today. He's talking about now. You don't need healing when you get to heaven. You need it now, glory to God. But I like what it says here in the Amplified, talking about that, that he paid the price and that we don't have to walk in sin and we don't even have to be, uh, that, that the, the sin really, the, the, the major sin that, that people are going to go to hell over is not just the sins of the flesh, but it's the sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the world's going to go to hell over. Not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the sin of all sins. So if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in there, glory to God. You're in the blessings of God. You're, you're, you're in the grace of God. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the sin that, that keeps unbelievers out. They don't believe. Somebody say, I believe. And you got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You got to believe that he paid the price for your healing. You got to discern what he did for you on the cross. You got to recognize that, glory to God. And it says here in the Amplified of 1 Peter 2:24, he said he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice. So that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin. Think about that. You're immune from the penalty and the power of sin. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. You know, a righteous man will fall. We will mess up at times. You know, you can, as a, new, as a believer in Christ, as a new creation of Christ, you can falter. You can fall. You can sin at times. But, but really, you know, we got John uh, 1.9 that says, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and righteous to forgive you of your sins. And what? And cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. In other words, if you walk in the light as he is, as he is in the light, uh, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So what you're doing this morning, you're walking in the light. You're hearing the word of God. The word of God is light unto our, into our, our souls. Glory to God. So let's look at, at the will of God in action. In Matthew 8, 1 and 3, it says, When he had come down from the mountain, talking about Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand, touched him, and saying, It's not God's will for you to be healed today. Go and be in misery. 
It doesn't say that? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. that must be the reverse translation. That must be that. No, he, he, he actually says, uh, he, he said, you know, Jesus put out his hand, touch him saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What is this saying to us? This is saying that it is God's will to heal. And, 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 and we see this in action. And when you drop down to Matthew 8, 16 and 17, you see, see this when Jesus is ministering. It says, when evening has come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Think about that. So what was Jesus was doing? Jesus was healing people on credit. I'm going to say it again. Jesus was using uh, God card. Is it a master card? God card. He was healing people on credit before he paid for the healing itself. He was acting, actually, he was acting as a prophet under the old covenant. And prophets in the old covenant healed people. He was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit to do a job. And that, what was that job? Is to set the captives free, glory to God. Amen. And so, so it says here that he went around and he healed and he delivered people. Why? Because what breaks God's heart again is broken humanity. And that should break our hearts. It should break our hearts for others. And it should break our hearts if we're dealing with any kind of brokenness in ourselves to a point where we want to come out of it. Can I get a witness in the house today? Not one place in the Gospels that Jesus denied anyone of healing for anything. Amen. Not one place. There was a Saren Phoenician woman that came to Jesus. Probably the only place where it was a little, you know, difficult. You know, Jesus said, it's not good for me to cast the, the bread to the dogs. Mary called her a dog, a Sarah Phoenician woman. She was outside the covenant of Israel. And he said, it's not good for me to cast, you know, the healing bread. And she says, even the dogs eat from the crumbs of their master's table. And Jesus said, oh, great is your faith. Great is your... How Do we have anybody with great faith in the house today? Do we have any believing believers in the house today? In spite of what it looks like, in spite of what you're going through, can you just believe that God can do the impossible? He can. And He is. And I'm looking at people that God has done the impossible in. I, I'm looking at people that, that God has, has done miracles in their lives. We could have a testimony time and I could just stop right now and I'm telling you guys would be all weeping because of the praise reports that God has done in the people's lives in this church. Glory to God. Does anybody have a testimony? Glory to God. We may, get, we may have a testimony service. Amen. Number two, God is the author of healing and the devil is the author of sickness. We got to get a revelation of this because sometimes we get this idea and a lot of church and even some ministers preach, well, God is in control. And in that statement, God is in control, kind of, it kind of denotes 
that whatever's happening to us, God's behind it. Well, God's in control, brother. Amen. But you know what? It's funny that, 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 that God is in control of the universe. He, is, he has total control, but within his control, he gives us control. Within his control, he's, doesn't he say, choose this day who you serve? Blessing or curse, life or death, you choose. Does he, give you some, does he give you the power of choice? So if he gives you the power of choice, then you have some power of control. And the Bible talks about there's ways of lengthening your life and there's ways of, of causing your life to be cut short. And so if we just align with what ways of lengthening our life, what's one way? Honor your mother and your father. But that's an old covenant. That's a, yeah, but it was, it's mentioned in, in the New Covenant, too, in, in the book of Ephesians. Honor your mother. And, and that's with a promise so you can live a long life. Amen. So, 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 so there's things that we can do. So God is in control, brother. You know, it's like, that means you have no control, brother. <laughs> you do have some power. Say, I have some power. To choose. Amen. To believe God or not believe God. To believe the gospel or not believe the gospel. You have the power to choose whether you're going to stand with God in his word or stand with the circumstances or stand with the, the doctor's report and go with that. I'm going to go with God's word. Amen. I'm going to go with what he says. Amen. And so we see here uh, that, that, that Jesus uh, uh, healed people and he set people free, glory to God. And, uh, and, and so we see here that healing uh, really uh, comes from God and, and sickness comes from the devil. How do you know that, uh, uh, Pastor? I, I thought God afflicts people. No, no, the devil afflicts people. In the book of Job, who was it that, that afflicted Job? It wasn't God. It was the devil. Wasn't it the devil? God said, you don't kill his life, but you can, you know, there was, you know, right? So the devil afflicted Job. And the devil is coming against us too. But you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to lay hold of eternal life. You've got to confess a good confession. And so God is the author of healing, and the devil is the author of sickness. In John 10.10, some say this is the dividing line of the Bible. In John 10.10, Jesus said it's the thief that does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we see here, what I mean by dividing line of the Bible it means that, 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 that Jesus divided what's good and what's bad. In other words, Jesus said the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So what is the devil trying to do? It's funny it says steal first. You know, you hear it sometimes preach. Uh, G, uh, the devil comes to kill, uh, you know, uh, steal and destroy. But he comes to steal first. What is he coming to steal? The word of God from you. The truth of God's word. Because if he can steal God's word from you, the truth of God's word, he's going to kill the promise of God in your life. And then finally, he's going to try to destroy your life, the devil. But God's not looking to destroy your life. He's looking to resurrect your life. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so this is it. I've come that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. 
That, that means overflowing with the blessings and the promises of God. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Uh, Peter spoke this to the house of Cornelius when he was telling them about Jesus and the house of Cornelius got saved off this scripture, glory to God. And so, so really how Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power and he went about doing good and healing all. So Jesus is the healer, the devil is the destroyer. And James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father lights. Healing is a gift from God and it comes from God, glory to God. It comes from God, amen? Uh, Jesus' mission is to undo the works of the evil one. He came down here to, to, to seek and save the lost and to undo the works of the evil one. Can I get a witness in the house today? Jesus said, that's my mission, to seek and save. Save, another word for save is to deliver and to set free. So Jesus came to deliver and to set free mankind of what the enemy's trying to do. So it says here in 1 John 3, 8, uh, the, the second part, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In Mark 16, 17, that's his mission. And do you know what our mission is? It's the same thing. Your mission today is to destroy the works of the devil that's attacking your life and that's attacking other people's lives. Say, that's my mission. And you say, how do you know that's your mission? Because it's in the Great Commission. Amen. Jesus said in the Great Commission before he went back up to heaven, after he was resurrected, he told his disciples and he's telling us, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. I'm going to say this. You have more authority than you think you do. Bible says when Jesus was raised from the dead, he's seated at the right hand of the Father and we're the body of Christ. And the Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places, too. With Jesus Christ. That means you got authority. Look at your name and say, you got authority. You have power over the devil. It says here, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Why would he say that first? Why would he say, in my name, they will cast out demons? Because, because we have power. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he went to hell and he took the keys of death and hell from the enemy. Amen. And he, 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 he took all the weapons of the enemy and he gave us the power over the devil. You have power over the devil. And that's why he said that, that in my name, somebody say in Jesus' name. See, it's, it's, it, don't discount the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you might need to be confessing the name of Jesus a little bit more. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Because all power and authority is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. And he said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not by any means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Let's just focus on those two. Cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. You have the power to do that. But not only do you have the power to lay hands on, on other sick people, you have the power to lay hands on yourself. Amen. 
You can lay hands and command and, and say, thank you, God. I'm laying hands on myself and believing for total healing, total restoration in the name of Jesus. But you've got to believe that. Look at your hands. Say, these hands are anointed hands. You have anointed hands. Some of you, God might be raising some of you up to be miracle workers. Glory to God. Amen. You say, who, me? And I say, yes, you. Amen. The Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And some of us, amen, I won't say that, but some of us have been foolish at times. And some of us have been doing foolish things. And sometimes we look foolish at times. But God causes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. In other words, there's not many of us that are, are great in this world, but you can be great in God. Amen. And maybe you came out of the world and you were pretty great. Amen. You thought you were anyway. Paul thought he was pretty great. Amen. Then he realized that everything that he knew and all his education and all that was nothing compared to knowing Christ. Amen. And so, so knowing God, getting a revelation of who God is. Amen. You see, I'm going to say this, that, that Jesus is looking to undo the works of the evil one. In Luke 13, 10 and 16, uh, Jesus was in a synagogue. I'm not going to read this account, but there was a lady that was bent over. Perhaps she had arthritis and she came to church bent over and she was in church like every Saturday. Saturday was the Sabbath. And she didn't make any excuses. She came to church like this. Amen. She didn't make an excuse. She showed up. Like I said, if you're going to win in this life, you're going to have to just show up. And she showed up. She pressed through, you know, being bent over. Every Saturday, she would show up, bent over. She looked cursed. And then Jesus showed up. And Jesus said, and Jesus... Healed her that day in church. That's why you don't want to miss church because you might miss your miracle. And Jesus, and Jesus raised this lady up, glory to God. And, 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 and Jesus says at the end of, of, of this text, So ought this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. She was bent over for eight years and in church she got set free and I'm telling you that's the best time to get set free is in church glory to God amen and notice she said the devil Satan bound these 18 years it wasn't God's work it was the devil's work and Jesus undid that work God has provision for healing divine health in the Old Covenant, amen? In the Old Covenant in Malachi, it says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves, like on a pasture, amen? I like what it says in the Old Testament. This gives you, really, the heart of God. In Psalms 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives some of your iniquities. Thank you. Who heals some of your diseases. All of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. 
who crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies, who fills you your mouth with good things. I like to say the word of God so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. We know this, that, that, that God provided healing for the old covenant believers, for the, for the, for the uh, Israelites in Exodus. And, and it was all basically based on them obeying the word of God. He said, if you diligently heed my voice, uh, do what's right in my sight, give ear to my commandments, keep my statutes, uh, that none of these diseases will be brought on you that was brought on the Egyptians. And then that's where he gets his covenant name, for I am the Lord that healeth you. Amen. God is the God, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us. I was reading about Moses. And I'm telling you, Moses should be our target of how we should live. And in Deuteronomy 34, 7, it says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was strong as ever. Think about that. This is an old covenant man. So, so listen, I think that we can live to 120 and that our eyesight will be good. I know some of you might wear glasses, but our eyesight <laughs> may be good. Glory to God. And that we'll be strong as ever. You don't have to die of disease to go to heaven. You can just fall asleep in the Lord. What may, why, why do you think you've got to die of some disease or you've got to die in some accident to get to heaven? No. I'm gonna, I, I've heard stories of people that knew God. They knew they were going home that day. And they would tell their granddaughter or their grandson uh, or their daughter, I'm going home today. God revealed it to me. And they went to bed and they fell asleep in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Can, can you, I, I'm telling you, I, I'd be excited the day when, when God reveals to me, it's time for you to go home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't have to die of disease. You don't have to die of an accident. No, you can fall asleep in the Lord. Moses was 120 years old when he died. God's covenant blessings on his people and his covenant blessings is always wealth and health. Oh, man. Get a, get a witness in there. The, the, God brought the Israelites out of the Egyptian bondage. This represents us getting saved. This is kind of a, a foreshadowing or, a, uh, you know, when, when he brought his children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, he brought us out of bondage of sin. Right. And so when he brought them out, he had those 10 miracles. Remember the 10 miracles? And he brought them out and he and he split the Red Sea. Remember that? And they walked on dry ground. And it says here, he brought them out in Psalms 105, 37. He brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So he brought them out financially blessed. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So what is he saying? God wants you blessed financially. This is old covenant. And he wants you blessed uh, in your bodies. He wants you walking in health and wholeness. So, 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 so there was not one feeble person among them. And they were all strong and healthy no matter what their age was. For in Malachi 3, 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, for, uh, the sons of Jacob are not consumed. God doesn't change. If he was a healer yesterday, he's a healer today. Glory to God. And so we see in Hebrews 8, 6, that our covenant is based on better promises than the old covenant. 
It says, now he obtained a more excellent ministry in so much as he's a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. The new covenant is health and healing is based on, really, the covenant of love. As long as you walk in that covenant of love, you're going to walk in divine health in your life. Amen? There's only one place in the Bible, and I'm going pretty fast, only one place in the Bible where the people in the church got sick and died early. And, and, and Paul talks about it in Corinthians 11, 29, 31. And that place, he said that they were taking communion in an unworthy manner, and they weren't discerning the body. In other words, they weren't, they weren't walking in love towards each other, and they weren't discerning what Jesus did on the cross. And, and, and when you walk out of love, one step out of love is one step into sin. One step into sin opens the door for the enemy to work. So, so the greatest commandment is to, is to love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind. Second is to love your neighbor as yourself. As you do these things, you're going to walk in divine health. One guy, that, uh, one minister that came out here that was healed of terminal cancer, one of the, he had four steps that, that God told him to do to get healed. You want to hear the four steps? He had four steps and he had terminal cancer. He was going to, he was, the doctor said, you're going to die in a matter of 30 days. And the first thing that the Lord told him was to tithe, to send a tithe check to the church. He was out there. Why would God tell him to tithe if he's dying in 30 days? Why would he do that? Well, because what's connected to the tithe is the Bible says there's a promise that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So when you tithe, God rebukes the devourer for your sake. And he wasn't in church. He wasn't faithful. And also, if you're not faithful in giving into the kingdom, that means you don't care about the body. And if you don't care about the body, you're walking out of love. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. And so he tithed. And, and, and as soon as that, his liver started working or one part of the body. And then the second thing God told him to do was, was he had a problem with one of his brothers. Uh, somebody, uh, years ago, he had an argument or whatever, and he had, he had a problem. He had unforgiveness in his heart. And the Lord told him that you need to call him and get it right. Think about that. So he gave him some steps. In other words, uh, love is giving and forgiving. You got to, love should promote us to give, and love should uh, encourage us to forgive. And so, so forgiveness is the key. And so when he got that right, things start working in his body. Glory to God. And so and then the third key, he took scriptures and he put it all around him. And he started keeping the scriptures all before him. And, and so he got a vision of healing. Amen. And so, so that, you, you may say, that's radical, Pastor. I mean, that's putting scriptures all over the place. Well, if you're going to die in 30 days, you might need to do something. And guess what? He got totally healed. And the fourth key, he, 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 he was a professional tennis player. And he left the tennis world and, and he became a minister of God. He, he got healed. He started playing tennis. And he just felt empty playing tennis. He said, man, i got to serve God. See, when God does something amazing in your life, it should promote us to serve God. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, 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 so four ways to receive healing. And I'm closing down. Number one way is, is, is through the name of Jesus. So, so one of the ways that we get healed is by proclaiming the name of Jesus. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, like I said. 
and, and you lay hands on the sick and she'll recover. The power of God's name. In Acts, uh, Peter and John went up to the, uh, to the temple to go to church, and they saw a lame man begging, and, and Peter said, Silver and gold I have not, but what I do have I give unto thee. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. And so this man was crippled from, from his childhood, and the power of the name of Jesus raised him up. And the Bible says he went leaping and, 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 and dancing and, and running into the temple. Glory to God. And so the power of the name of Jesus, and in the book of Acts, it says in verse 16, his name, it says in his name, Jesus' name, through the faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see now. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness and the presence of you all. So the name of Jesus can set the captives free. Number two, uh, 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 praying, uh, laying hands on sick with, with anointing oil, the Bible says in James 5.14, if there's any sick among you, let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if, he, and, and if he's committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. So this is, this is a twofold blessing. So this is another way. You call upon the elders. You, you, you call upon me. I come to your house. I come to, your, to the hospital. I anoint you with oil, glory to God. I pray the faith of, of, of healing over you. And God raises you up. Amen. Amen. I got, I got one of my people here that I prayed for at, at, in the hospital. And he's in the church today, glory to God. Larry. And I'm telling you, I went to the hospital like a general. With my oil, and I'm ready, and I'm walking in there, glory to God, I'm going to get somebody healed, I'm going to get somebody delivered, I'm going to get somebody set free. And I'm telling you, and I'm totally expecting for God's power to work, I'm not doubting it, I'm believing. And, I, and this man is a testament, he's here today, glory to God. Because of the power of God, and Serena's here today because of the power of God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's the power in Jesus' name. And then also spiritual gifts. God can operate through spiritual gifts to words of wisdom and words of knowledge on the platform. Amen. Sometimes healing ministers will get a word from God and the word may be, well, God is healing this particular condition. And when that person calls it out and, and, and then you are there, you receive it. There it is. Amen. So it's a gift of the Spirit it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then through the spoken word of God, we know that you can get healed by just speaking the word of God over yourselves. So the word of God is more powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And number five, through praise, thanksgiving, and worship. You can get healed by praise, thanksgiving, and worship. I like it says in Psalms 8 too. It says, through praise of children and infants, you establish a stronghold against your enemies. To silence the foe and the avenger. So it says through praise of children and infants. Just through praise, glory to God. It will shut down the enemy in your life. It will silence the enemy in your life. And then when you praise and worship, hopefully, when you start praising God, it should create a merry heart. It should get you joyful. When you start praising God, you should have a smile on your face. Amen. Your, 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 your frown should be turned upside down. 
And if you are worshiping God and, and God starts downloading his joy, it says a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen. Amen. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. I like what it says in one translation. If you're cheerful, you'll feel good. If you're sad, you're hurt all over. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And my last point here, you know, Paul and Silas, they were in prison in the book of Acts. And uh, they were thrown in the inner prison. And the Bible said that they prayed, which I never saw that before until just recently. They prayed and sung praises. So what did they pray? They must have prayed that God get me out of here. <laughs> get me out of my plight. Get me out of this jail. Uh, uh, God, get me out of here. So they prayed, and then they started singing praises. And guess what? The Bible said suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, an earthquake shook the place, and the prison doors were opened, and the chains that were on them fell off. Some of you, if you want to see God's healing in your life, you might need to start praising Him a little bit more. You might need to start giving Him glory and thanksgiving and giving Him praise, and whatever is binding you up will be loosened off you suddenly. Glory to God. God moves and sets you free and puts you in a place where he wants you to be. Glory to God. I think that rhymes. Hallelujah. Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We thank you, Father God. It's your perfect will uh, to seek and save those that are lost. And save is to deliver and set free from anything that's hindering us or binding us up. Father, I thank you for the precious people here in the audience. I thank you for those uh, listening and, and watching me. And perhaps you're, you're in a place in your life where you know you need to submit yourself to Jesus, that you haven't given your life to God, that Jesus isn't on the throne of your heart. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance. And I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer to receive Christ and make him not only Lord, of your life, but make him your healer as well. So just pray this prayer, mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.